It's the Progress Pod, a production of the Franklin County Coalition for Progress. I'm Pete Mazzoni with Jeremy Kate. On today's show, we're going to get to know women from our area who got there first. Women from multiple generations who forged on despite the fear, the obstacles in a world that for a long time could not accept that a woman could step forward and make change. A new project for Women's History Month will feature these women through photography and writing, telling their stories and elevating our awareness about them and their journeys. With us today, we have Pam Anderson, the author of the biographies, and Kira Coy from Healthy Communities Partnership. Thanks for being with us today, both of you. Thanks, Pete. So, Pam, if you could get us started by telling us some of the dimensions of the project and what you hope to achieve. Okay. I'd like to start with the background and how we got started with this. I actually approached the photographer, Philip Whitley, who people may know because he does a lot of community um, give back, as I like to call it. And I, I have a lot of women that I know that um, have been influential in my career, in my life, and I wanted him to photograph those women of what we call a certain age, so not the youngsters mm-hmm. that, that we usually see. And he suggested developing the project into a project for Women's History Month, which is in March. And so we um, just decided that, okay, we would approach women that we knew. And there were some qualifications, which most people have met pretty well, and that's Franklin County's female firsts. Mm -hmm. And these were people that have a lifetime of contributions to our community, maybe historic contributions. They were the first of their gender to make have significant accomplishments. They can also be local role models for younger women coming up and girls. And we wanted to represent all of Franklin County. So we have women from healthcare, nonprofits, business, the arts, and religion. People like Lucille Stentz, who was the first female vice president of Chambersburg Hospital. Barb Channing from Women in Need. The the three Ludwig sisters, who were the first of their um, in their family to run their store, Sherry Plummer, the first female county commissioner, Paula Hepfer, and Megan Boozer. And so we also wanted to do a fundraiser with the project so that we could help out the community as well. And we wanted to support COIL the, um, well, COIL and the library system because they've supported Philip in the past. And we came up with an idea to support the Go Girls Go program through Healthy Communities Partnership. And how we were going to support them is through giving away books, the Gutsy Women book by Hillary and Chelsea Clinton, which talks about over 230 women and girls from ages 7 to 107 from almost 30 different countries. And we want to give away 50 of these books to the girls participating in the Go Girls Go program. They're $20 each, and they're hardback books. And so that's why we are also asking for community donations. And I think... um, Kyra can talk to the Go Girls Go program. Okay. And then uh, before we get to you, Kyra, if you could just, the photographs, yes. uh, where will they be displayed and for how long? The photographs are going to be put up um, 16 by 20 inches, so they're not small, 
at COIL Free Library. They will go up on February 27th, an opening reception on February 28th at 5.30 in the evening from 5.30 to 6.30, and they will be up for the entire month of March, Women's History Month. We are also going to gift the photos and the storyboards to the women that have participated in the project. And um, there will be um, three for each woman. There will be the story and two photographs, and I can talk about um, the other photograph a little bit later. Okay, cool. All right, Kara, tell us about your involvement in the project and Go Girls Go, what that is, and how women can get involved. Awesome. So Go Girls Go is a program that is run by Healthy Communities Partnership, and it is an educational-slash-running program for girls um, in the 4th through 6th grade. We have programs in some Chambersburg schools, and we have expanded to Waynesboro, and just this season coming up, spring of 2020, we are going to expand into the Tuscarora District as well. So um, research has found that girls in um, the age range of fourth through sixth grade is, um, they drop out of organized sports, they start to become sedentary, So Healthy Communities Partnership uh, received grants from United Way of Franklin County and Franklin County Foundation to start this running program for girls in those age groups. Any girl can be a part of it. Um, There's a minimal fee to be involved, and if you can't meet that fee, that is totally fine. We don't turn people away. Um, But what, what what happens is you start the program right after school, two days a week, Um, And we have an educational lesson such as healthy friendships, nutrition, goal setting, different things like that, peer pressure, um, for half of the hour and a half program. And then the second half we go out and we run with a culmination of a 5K. Um, I think the program lasts about 10 weeks and then um, we have the 5K in May. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a volunteer-based program to get our mentors involved, which are all, I shouldn't say all, 99% I would say, female. Um, They are teachers, they are community members, they are parents. Um, The only requirement is that you have your clearances so that you can work with these kiddos. And the the mentors commit to at least one day a week. So we do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They They commit to one day a week at least of coming and just being a positive female influence for these girls. Um, Again, helping them to goal set and reach um, accomplishments that these kids didn't think they could do 10 weeks ago. Right. You say fourth to sixth grade, Mm -hmm. there's a a drop-off in athletic participation? Yes. Is there any reason for that? I honestly, I don't know off the top of my head. I do know that um, girls are reaching that age... um, mentally and physically where they're just kind of feeling less than or there are not as many um, sixth grade programs for the girls once they're in sixth grade. I think there's a year there where there's not um, a lot of sports organized by the school. So I know a lot of girls kind of rely on like rec league soccer when they're in elementary school and then Mm -hmm. once they kind of make that transition to middle school, that's not it. It just drops off. Well, that sounds like a great program. Yeah. So let's go back to you, Pam, and these biographies. Uh, I want to talk actually about your biography to start with. (sighs) Okay. You uh, have an interesting backstory. Starting in 1986 is when your biography starts about working at the hospital, and you began the first full-time speech pathologist program. Uh, Tell us how you got started, and who are the people that kind of motivated you 
Well, um, as far as speech pathology, I grew up in an era that um, t you, if you, as a female, you were a teacher or a nurse. Um, and I did not really have people telling me I could be whatever I wanted to be. So I decided I was going to go the teaching route. And then once I got to college, I decided on speech pathology or speech therapy. So I worked in this. I graduated from college in 1979, went to work in the school system. And then when I moved to Chambersburg, I was lucky enough to find out that the hospital was starting their rehabilitation unit, and they needed to hire a full-time speech pathologist. They had had contract people here before. So um, that was my first career. I started the department. We had ended up with four people in our department, which was, was pretty good for uh, a new a new area. Was speech pathology kind of a new science at the time? or? Um, it was not. It, at the time that I went to school, though, they did change the requirements for your degree. You could not just do it with a bachelor's degree. You had to have a master's degree. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, uh, you know, you probably went to school with kids that had to go to speech therapy, mm -hmm. and they were pulled out of class to work on their S's and R's. Sure. And at the hospital, it was more working with medical problems like stroke patients. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. So you did that for a while, and then you decided you needed a career change. Yes. And you made quite a career change. You went into a male-dominated field. I did. Um, in 1991, I um, the department was pretty good at the hospital. It had it gone about, there, there really was not much more change or development to do with the department. So um, I had worked on our old house that we purchased when we moved here and met somebody that needed help wallpapering on side jobs that he was doing. And I said, okay, I'll help you if you teach me. And so we went into business together. In, you started wallpapering. Yeah. <laughs> stripping, wallpapering, stripping, paint, painting. Oh, that's not fun work. No, it's not. <laughs> that's why I wanted to learn the other things. Um, I wanted to learn the woodworking where you would go, oh, miracles of carpentry. Mm -hmm. So um, April Fool's Day of 1991, we went into business together, and um, we were in business. Was that intentional or just it happened, that you started on April Fool's Day? It was intentional. Oh, good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so we worked together um, till 1997 and then uh, went into, split up and did our own um, businesses. And um, yes, we're still friends today. And I was able to get a lot of support at that time because I really wasn't sure that I could do it on my own. And if it was not for the men that worked with me, the contractors that I worked with, the older contractors that said, Pam, if you need anything, let us know. We'll be there. We'll help you. That's, That's all I needed mm -hmm. was to hear that from them. And I, like I said, I, w I would not be where I am um, without them. So they were hugely supportive of me. What did it feel like to walk onto a job site early on and it's just male tradesmen everywhere? I mean, did you feel intimidated or you were just, you were self-confident and you knew what you knew and you're going to get to work? Well, I was lucky because I had a male partner. And so people, I, I learned that people would take him aside and say, are you sure you want to do this? Um, mm -hmm. Can she really do it? And, and 
he would tell them yes, and then once we got working together, they would understand that. Right, they could see that you were competent. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's usually all it takes is they could say, "Oh, she knows what she's doing," she's or good. she's learning and it, she really wants to do it right. Do you feel that being in that industry that you had an impact on male attitudes about women in the construction industry? I can say that I did with my nephews, with my family, because from the moment they were born, they knew that their aunt was in construction. Mm -hmm. And so they never thought that it was That's normal. Different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm actually in the building trades, and I have watched attitudes change very slowly over time, but they Mm -hmm. have definitely changed. I want to go over to you, Kara. Um, You know, you're coming from a different generation, and women in the workplace is kind of normal to you. Does that sound about right? Yes. And so when you were younger, uh, who were some of the role models you looked up to? Oh, good question. Well, actually, my grandmother, following Pam, my grandmother was a teacher. Both of my grandmothers were. Come to think of it, most most females in my family were. (laughs) My mom taught. um, She taught preschool. So I would say just the females in my family, whether they were working or staying at home, they all had very, very important jobs doing what they did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that society has caught up at this point? Because I know from your generation, Pam, it's a whole different world, Yeah, you know, that you grew up in. And I'm just trying to get a compare and contrast. As you look at her generation, do you feel that, you know, society is getting there or male attitudes are getting there? I guess that's really the question. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I think I wouldn't say caught up, getting there, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think it really depends on the field of work that you are in. Sure. Because I still think Pam is probably one of the few women to run construction businesses my degrees in social work. When I went to college, I was surrounded by females in social work classes yeah. and there was the lone male here and there. Yeah. I work, you know, at a nonprofit now and there are two men and a staff of 20. Mm-hmm. So I think it really just kind of depends on the field. Well, let's get into some of these biographies. Okay. Not that you have a favorite one, but give us one that kind of stood out to you. Oh my. <laughs> I can put you on the spot there, I realize. These are all accomplished women. I've read through the biographies. They're all pretty impressive. Is is there any that stood out to you? Well, the one that really, I think, is a bit of a landmark is Alice Elia. Uh, Alice Elia. Elia, sorry. I'm getting yes. everybody's name wrong today. Okay. I'm, I've got them organized okay. into um, the questions that I asked them. Great. Let's hear those. Okay. Well, um, the question that I have for... Um, well, okay. I can start with the questions very quickly, and then we can go into them more specifically. There were only four. The first question was, um, what is your female first, and what personal accomplishment are you most proud of? Secondly, what female ancestor's legacy do you feel that you have carried on? Third, what male helped you reach your personal or professional goals? And last, what advice would you give to young women today? Also, I wanted to mention with the female ancestor, we are also taking a photograph of these women holding a photo of a female or it could be a male ancestor that inspired them. Mm -hmm. And then we will be putting those smaller photos up in a big collage um, on one wall. I think that's great because it's important to note the people that you looked up to and they looked you in the eye and said, you can do it. Yeah. Just keep moving, you know? Yeah. Okay, so Alice... um, Alice works at the um, at the library, so this is perfect to talk about her. She is the first 
female elected president of the Chambersburg Borough Council <clears throat> in 216 years. That's the thing that struck me. 216 years it has taken. Yeah. Well, and women have lived in this uh, area for over 216 years. <laughs> yes. Well, um, well, I don't know if you know this, but the um, founding family statue that's in Chambersburg, it was originally called the Founding Fathers statue. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of made some waves and complained about it. So now it's a founding family because I know they couldn't be a family without the females. That's exactly right. So, um, Well, good for you. I'm yeah. glad you did that. But um, what I liked most about Alice was when I asked her about the males in her family, and this is, this is what she said. Um, she, she feels fortunate to have known strong males who are very supportive of the women in their, in their lives. Following the death of her great-grandmother, her great-grandfather raised six daughters on his own while helping to build the railroad to Miami. So I thought, well, that's a strong male having to deal with the the six daughters. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Or some very good kids. (laughs) Yes, that's true. And Alice's advice to young women, because she has a daughter um, also the same age, is it gets better which we all needed that advice mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, also be gentle with people, including yourself. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very impressed by that. It's almost like the town kind of didn't notice. I didn't feel like it really sent any shockwaves through the town. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. And I think that's almost good in a way that mm-hmm. if we expect things like that to happen. It shouldn't be that shocking. Like we expect a woman will be president someday. Mm-hmm. It won't be that big of a deal. Tell us about another one that you found interesting or compelling. Um, let's see. Um, if we go to the question about people um, whose female ancestors had an impression on them, I like to pull out Lavinia Reed. She started the ballet school. Mm-hmm. And um, her mother, also a ballet um, dancer or instructor, I, I'm, I'm not sure the quite of the right terminology. But she co-founded, her mother co-founded the Ithaca Ballet in New York. And besides dancing, she also played the violin. And Lavinia does the same. Lavinia is a ballet dancer and plays the violin. She's also in a jazz band called the Gypsy Ramblers. So she really, yeah, wow. really um, was influenced by her mother. Yeah, multi-talented. Mm-hmm. And her quote to young women is, be brave enough not to not worry about failure. You know, and that's something that everybody needs to absorb. You know, that fear of failure can stop us from doing a lot of things in life. Yeah. Not something, obviously, you wrestle with. But oh, oh, <laughs> did you not read mine? <laughs> I guess I missed the fail part. No. Oh, my gosh. Yes. What is my quote? Um, let's see if I can find it. Do what scares you? Yes. Do what scares you, because I see, um, I can give you, my my nephew is a p- perfect example. He's not a girl, but he's a good example. He's maybe a little too out there, but he doesn't really care. He'll try anything new. He doesn't care what people think of him. If he wants to try it, he'll do it. And I wish I had that confidence when I was growing up, yeah. because I could have made a lot of my mistakes early in life that people would have forgiven me, sure. <laughs> rather than at the age I am now. You want me to read the quote for everybody? Why don't I go ahead and do that? Do what scares you. I'm always in awe of young people who try new things, not worrying about what will happen if they fail or what others might think of them. Have the courage to be your true self, even if it's not what others think is traditional. 
yeah, that's those are strong words to live up to. Yeah, I. Um, it's true. Um, another um, quote from Sue McMurtry. She is the general manager of um, Totem Pole Playhouse. Mm-hmm. And she said, I I like this one, too. Don't take life so seriously. Not everything has to be perfect. It's okay to make mistakes along those same lines. I love the quotes from all of these women we have interviewed so far because they are all really a little bit different. I would love to put them all in a book or on one board because they are really, Mm -hmm. really good life quotes for for young girls. Now, you also uh, included uh, religion. Yes. Which is traditionally a male-dominated area. Tell us what you learned uh, in going into that area. We interviewed Megan Boozer, who is at the Upper Path Valley Presbyterian Church. Um, Megan has been there for 19 years, I think she said. And I expected to go up. Th- I've, I've known Megan because I've known her husband and I've done some research and genealogy research up there. And I expected to walk in because we tell the women to dress as they're most comfortable for their photographs. We're not going to tell them what to wear or and we, they get to choose where they want to be photographed and they get to approve their final photograph as well. So I expected her to be dressed in religious garb and um, no. It was Megan. She was in her jeans and her boots and uh, sh- just a regular shirt. And so it was it was really refreshing to talk to her because religion was not what she started out doing. She did not start out wanting to be the pastor up there, um, the first female pastor. And um, music was really her mm, interest. Okay. Sure. And she and her husband, along with Paula Hepfer and Sam Hepfer, started the Cumberland Valley School of Music. So she's she's got a couple of talents. Uh, There's another woman on your list, Ann Hull. Yes. Who, uh, she's been on the podcast several times. We Mm -hmm. love her. We love her energy. Did you dig into asking Ann about uh, historical figures? Um, Well, hers, I think, was important because um, when she talked about the females that influenced her. Sure. And um, she talked about her mother, who got her started in family um, research, and that was before any um, internet. So she and her mom would go out to cemeteries and look for headstones and markers that would uh, give them birth and death dates of their ancestors. Mm -hmm. And her aunt um, was a history teacher and an academic dean at Penn Hall. So she got her genealogy and her history from her strong female role models. Right, right. Did you talk to her about uh, women who are no longer with us, that she knows you know, um, historical figures? She, that it- not really, um, but she did recommend somebody that we interviewed, and that was Jenny Waters, who Jenny may not have been the first female um, to do things in in Franklin County, but she was the first black female that did a ton of things. She she progressed very um, up to vice president. I think it was vice president at the bank that she worked at. She's in her 80s now. She graduated from high school in 1950. She um, went to work at Letterkenny Army Depot, then for the county commissioners, and the first black female in a lot of those positions. Then she went to the bank. 
She was there for 30 years, I believe, the uh, biography Oh, did said. you see that? Yeah. yeah. I like the quote from her, too, or from what her mother told her. Her mother told her to do things that she was not able to do in her lifetime. Yeah. And, you know, that points out another kind of whole thing about people of color in this community. Mm-hmm. I mean, beyond the woman we were just speaking of, were you able to find other people of color who had had some firsts, women of color who had had some firsts in the area? Um, not strictly speaking, female first, and mm-hmm. that um, we're going to interview uh, Linda Worthy, and Linda was very apprehensive too because she felt that she had no absolute female first, and I wanted to um, set her at ease that I think that, and and particularly Philip, that we needed women of color. And there was not opportunity for women of color back right. then. So being a um, female first as a black woman of color is rare, but being the first black female, that's still an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And she works now at the housing authority. And she told me yesterday, I talked to her on the phone, and that her family was the first family to be helped by public housing because of a fire to her family. So that will be an interesting yeah, story. that should be good. And with a PhD, she was the first person in her family to go on to very higher education. Mm-hmm. Can you just remind us very quickly about when the photographs will be up so the listeners can be sure to get to the show? Yes. They are up for the full month of March 2020. And they will be opening at a public reception on February 28th. That's a Friday. The reception goes from 5.30 to 6.30 with a little bit of speaking at 6 o'clock from the photographer, Philip, uh, myself. And we hope to get either a mentor or one of the girls from the Go Girls Go program to come and help us. Just very short. No more than 15 minutes. We want people to be able to walk around and meet the women because from what I understand, all but one are going to be there. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and I, could, I could not get their, their full stories on these 8 by 10 boards. Right, so right. I, I think they need to um, be talked to by a lot of the, the girls there and find out their whole story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know we left people out. I know that's that, going to happen. I don't beat yourself uh, up about it. <laughs> I know, but I, what we want to do is have a large board there where if we've missed somebody that you know about, write their name on the board and what they what was their female. Oh, that's a great first. idea. When you speak to younger women, especially in your role, Kyra, what kind of feedback are you getting? Do women feel they can do what young women feel they can do whatever they want, or? These girls are empowered for sure. That's great. They are they are ready to take things on. Yes, and and it's just cool to see even like through the Go Girls Go program, like at the beginning where they're kind of like, yeah, I like to run, and they get out and they run like sprint like one lap, and they're like, <gasps> I'm like, all right, well, we still got a half an hour to run, guys, so come on, you know. And then they learn to pace themselves, and then at the end, you know, they're running a 3.1 mile race, and they're loving it, and they're so excited, and it really does give them this sense of like, I can do whatever I want. And we have these female mentors there who are nurses and teachers and lawyers, and you know, anybody can do it, or or stay-at-home moms, but it's giving these girls the knowledge that there are people out there doing things that they want to do, mm-hmm. and these girls can do whatever they want to do. And then running, that's a challenging sport to take up. 
Uh, I've been a runner for a long time, and it it hurts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, it does hurt. And and I think some of these girls don't know what they're getting into because they're used to, like, running in gym class. I love gym. I love to play tag. Well, yeah, but that, you know, was kind of short-lived. Yeah, (laughs) that's short-lived. Like, we're going to run for a while, and some days are going to be hot, and some days are going to be cold, and you got to do it. So how do do you kind of combine personal growth with their athleticism the running and is it just about running or is it about running and also kind of empowering them and getting them to try new things or break through boundaries yes and that's where that's where the education piece ties in with the running because we're talking about um, developing healthy friendships and we're talking about good nutrition and so in some of the lessons we'll bring new foods like this is a literal example new foods for them to try like some of the girls have never tried hummus so here why don't you try almonds and hummus today and they're like I love this so yeah so literally yes they are trying new things but then we're also saying okay let's set some goals let's like let's you see that telephone pole up there Let's get to the telephone pole. So, yeah, and then they're starting to see, I can do this. Like, I, I like to try new things. I can accomplish them when I set my mind to it. These girls who maybe I don't talk to in the cafeteria every day, like, we have something in common now, and now we're talking and hanging out at recess. So. Right, that's part of that breaking yeah. through boundaries. Mm-hmm. What can we as men do to empower women, daughters, cousins, what have you? Bring your daughters to the reception. Um, I would also um, encourage them to talk with these people. Now, granted, many of the women that we have in the photo project are older, and girls are going to have a hard time maybe relating to them, but we also have younger people. Alice Aaliyah is one example. She's one of the younger women. You don't have to be 80 to be a female first. Some things take time. Um, Sherry Stull, who is a vice president at Chambersburg Hospital, is another person um, that is one on the younger side. If you, if you, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're not, they haven't been around for a long time, but they're just doing their female firsts. Right. So introducing them to yes. these women and hearing their stories, and because these women will talk to you, you mm-hmm. just you just need to make contact with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like uh, solid advice. Can you just one more time give us the details on the Go Girls Go program and where people can sign up and how they can get involved, whether it's on a mentor level or actually as a as a young runner? Yeah. So Go Girls Go is going to start the, um, the week of March 9th. It will happen on Tuesdays and Thursdays from right after school. So like at the elementary level, it's 3.30 to 5.15. Middle school gets out earlier, so it's a little bit earlier for that time frame. We ask that mentors be there at least once a week, so they can pick a day Tuesday, Thursday, or they can be there both days. Um, and we can get you set up with a school that's looking for mentors, and we can help you get those clearances that are needed. You can go to um, Healthy Communities Partnership website, which is hcpfranklinpa.org. And all of the information for Go Girls Go is right there. And if you are a student between the ages of fourth and sixth grade and your school is doing Go Girls Go, someone from Healthy Communities Partnership will be out in the next couple of weeks to talk to you and um, give you some registration papers to sign up. Okay, great. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on the show. Uh, We can't wait to see the photography exhibit, and I will bring my daughter to meet some of these amazing women. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, thanks for coming on. And I just want to add, uh, Pete, we have a new feature where uh, 
you can tell your smart speaker to listen to the progress pod. Ooh, so, upgrade. Uh, give that a try. Hopefully it works. If it doesn't, we'll continue tweaking that, but I think <laughs> it will. Thanks for listening, and find us online at progresspod.org.